0: So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting Bluehost.com. That's Bluehost.com. Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 252 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG, and that was the most
1: emotive entry you've had.
0: (laughs) I liked it. (laughs) <laughs> I saw you were like fiddling with something. So part of me was trying to buy time to make sure, you know, I, I see now you're drinking. a little I did soda, want it. So, I did. Yeah. I, I almost did it. And I was like, shit, he's going to start. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'll just, you know, bounce the intro a little bit. Give him that yep. extra two seconds. And it made the radio voice, the Radio Maddie
1: voice. <laughs> Welcome to Radio Maddie.
0: <laughs> Carrick, I know you're a little sleepy, but otherwise, I hope yes, you're doing so. well.
1: Yes, I am. Oh, Thank you're you.
0: Good. You're good. We also you had an all
1: amazing all D&D game. I want to say thanks to the patrons who showed up for that.
0: Yeah, you did a, oh, uh, a Patreon t- video t- on on tabletop sim, right? I saw that you made one.
1: Yeah, yeah, because we had done a D and D game. We were testing, you know, make sure Discord mm-hmm. works. And so for the last like couple weeks, um, sanctimonious raccoon has been traveling the world killing uh, ghosts. We were a hard rock <laughs> band, hard rock supernatural ghost killing band. It was a, it was a blast. It was
0: very. So you're fun. all bards? Is that what I'm getting from this?
1: Um, no, no, that's awesome. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, sort of like that. But, yeah, it was just, uh, it was it, it was sort of like a Supernatural episode, the TV show. But we just mm. drove around, killed killed uh, ghosts until we all died. Well, it was more to test D&D on Discord and verify it works. So it's crazy. It's not, we don't normally play that goofy of stuff. But it was like, if you test it goofy, then a normal player won't break it. And that's yeah. what we were trying I've, to, I've
0: to do. I've only played serious d and I've always wondered what. Goofy d and D is. oh I shouldn't say that I've had goofy moments within a serious D&D session Yeah um like like the probably the weirdest thing that's happened is we rolled for penis size one time Yeah and, uh, right and, you know but that that was kind of <laughs> like a homebrew like oh this will mm-hmm. be a stupid way to solve an issue <laughs> Uh but outside of that I haven't had like the the goofy type of session where um yeah, it's just. I guess you're a rock band or whatever the hell you guys are doing. <laughs> yeah, we well, and I think when it comes down to it, most people don't because if they want to do a
1: long game, you know, it, it comedy runs, it it gets short, it gets it it stops being fun very quickly. So, um, it, we normally don't do this, but it, I mean, it is fun for the one off, you know, uh, to just go around and right. and try something goofy. And like one of one of the guys had a guitar that a pope had spilled wine on, and mm. so he believed it was. Like holy, so he was using like a holy axe to kill go, like just stupid shit, and we were like, let's just do this, let's pretend you know what we usually do is we find a TV show and we pattern off of it if we want it jokey, so we patterned off of supernatural, Supernatural is a somewhat jokey right. you know uh killing killing ghosts type of thing, so I think it, it it works for fun, you know, laid back it was it was enjoyable,
0: yeah, I agree i I, I missed I've said it like so many times on the podcast, but it's, it's just such a good time and a a nice way to, like, game without, I don't know how to word other than game without gaming. Uh, Yeah. Like, no screens. Right. Uh, Right now, we don't really have the option. But anyway, uh, welcome to the Ham Radio Podcast. This is our weekly gaming show where we just take the highlights from the week. We chat them up and down and everything in between. We hope you're all doing well. Uh, As always, we like to make sure you're aware that uh, these... Shows are funded through Patreon. Karek has one. I have one in particular with mine. You can get early access to this show for just a single buck. Um, you can also get access to more podcasts as well as videos and other posts as well as being featured in my own videos on my day-to-day channel um, just by signing up and depending on what tier you select. So that will be linked in the description down below. Um, a lot of people have kind of understood the the nature of what's happening in the world where creators are also affected. A lot of people have thought we've been unaffected because they're like, well, everyone's watching. And um, well that is true, the, the mm-hmm. viewership is up. That is true, 100% true, at least in my case. Um, the the payout is down, and Carrick and I were talking about that a little bit. So uh, that's not to coax you in or anything. It's just to make sure that uh, we're aware of those who are signing up to the Patreon. I've had personally like 20 brand-new patrons in the last month, which I, I really have never seen before. So um, I'm deeply appreciative to those who have, Recognized what's happening during these times and and taking some of their money and and helped keep things afloat here. Uh, I know the same thing's been happening with Carrick, so uh, we're both just uh, appreciative that um, that you know you guys are helping cover our backs. Carrick, is there anything fun happening over on the Patreon outside of D and D? Um, we uh, yeah, you probably don't know this, but so UFC was uh, canceled
1: for a while. And they had a, a contract to have a certain number of fights, and they were not going to meet it. And it would have caused all kinds of issues. So they started back up, and there's a fight, like, every three days, which is ruthless. And really? so, yeah, and we do UFC wow. Discord groups. So mm-hmm. the last, like, every three days now, it's been, like, Saturday, Wednesday. Then this Saturday is another one. Um, So we do that. Are with they the full Discord.
0: cards or just? They're full cards,
1: and they're packed wow. cards. Dude, yeah, like, the last two have been almost exhausting, because you have prelims and then you have main event prelims and then you have the main event. So like one time it was seven hours where we were in discord for seven hours, like people eating, having barbecues, you know, with their webcams so we could see them and then <laughs> jumping in, watching the fights. Um, that's probably the main thing. And then just, uh, like a lot of side gaming for our discord. It's, um, you know, I send out the carrot crate, which is a, uh, if you're at a high enough level, uh, Burn G.I. Joe characters. Weird shit that I have around the house. And, uh, I've got one of my friends from Germany who's got a picture of a G.I. Joe character in his little wheelchair that I made out of, uh, lollipop sticks. We do random <laughs> shit. I do random stuff, man. I, I mean, you have it, shirts though. and shit, but it's, yeah, it's like if you want something crazy, there's like the character great, which is, it's, it's been fun to send those out. Um, how
0: we did a Lego many, build. How many do you, uh, how, how many do you have to make?
1: Well, it's at a level that it's not super high. It's probably 10 or 15 a month who are at that level. And then you, I, I do tell them, I'm like, do you want this? Because, like, one guy was in Germany, and I was like, do you want this? Because it, it could take a while to have a VAT, is what it's called, where mm-hmm. they pay a tax on what they're sent. It's weird. So it's what? like I could wow. – yeah, so it's like I could buy – in fact, I gave somebody an Xbox as a gift, and they paid a huge tax on it, of like $70. Right. I was all, well, that's not a gift. That's like, (laughs) I mean, they were happy, right? Um, Yeah. So, and I do, yeah. So so one or two months, I've done eight, you know, but normally somebody will turn it down. They're like, hey, I'm just, I I don't need anything or the shirts because I give them whatever is at the lower level. But it's, dude, it's actually half my enjoyment is doing weird shit and being like, oh, you know. That's
0: a really good idea.
1: And, like, doing a rhyme or a riddle, I reviewed somebody's life as, like, a never touch. I was like, okay, here we go. You know, and I did their graphics. They sent me a picture, and I'm like, okay. You know, and I did their graphics, their sound. I had them record their voice and send it to me. And it was just a joke. You know, it wasn't to hammer on them. They wanted it. So, yeah, I just – I'm always doing weird shit like that because it makes it fun for me, too. It's not just, like, here's a shirt, which is cool. But if somebody's a patron for eight months, Maddie, do you send them eight shirts? Like, that's honestly, I've had, you've had the same thing I have. You have a patron for 20 months at the same level. You're like, what do I do to make it special for this person? Mm-hmm. And so those kind of things are, are what I've been doing.
0: Do you buy stuff online and then, like, package it up for them? Or do you just make stuff? I make you, stuff, you, man. You know, I yes yeah, my... Ha- sh- I mean, even hand-me-downs almost. Like, we get sent a lot of, like, PR stuff sometimes. Like no,
1: I do that separately, yeah. I, uh, like, the box that, uh, the the... You know, fucking Voldemort's editions of games, you know, the oh, yeah, premieres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those I do separately. I would say most of everything is I make, um, or write or draw or, or like one, for one patron, I found out he had been a patron for a while. So I went back and got every message he had ever done to me back and forth and w- made a fake, uh, like, uh, cryptology puzzle out of it and and i was like and if he figured it out it won him a game like just i mean goofy stuff you know because to yeah and it's fun to do you know it's Mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff is enjoyable to do sometimes it's probably not as good for them i sent one guy all this crazy shit and i sent him a centaur mask and i haven't heard back from him so he's still a patron but i haven't heard back i found a mask a fucking mask. oh that one i did buy just so hmm. that was like eleven bucks, and there was a mask, and I was like, "How do you buy a mask that indicates you're a centaur? Because it's a human, right?" Mm-hmm. The only thing in this mask that indicated it was a centaur mask, Maddie, was the picture on the mask. It wasn't even the mask. The mask was just Fair a God. dude's face with a big devil beard. But who cares? He like, I mean, I'm sure he liked it. He hasn't left Patron. That was months oh, ago. There you go.
0: <laughs> there you go. He'll Maybe. always remember that. <laughs> yeah, <I don't>
1: <laughs> he'll remember he, it all he, right.
0: He, he, I was gonna say he put you at an arm's distance after that. He was like, "All right." No, yeah he's not. just
1: like he's just like put all, G, all all patron emails into into gmail spam
0: <laughs> Carrick, what have you been playing this week? any games um Ideally, yeah specifically
1: yeah uh, I'm playing uh, uh galactic galactic civilization three which is an old four by um game uh just very old, but they still have been they just did dLC and it, it came out today and they've been around since two thousand and thirteen. I think was the last time this released. So I've been playing a bunch of that, and I really enjoy the shit out of that game. Um, Doing a bunch of card games, stuff like that. But video games, I would say Galactic Civ and Tabletop Simulator. Just messing around in there if I'm not playing games. That's pretty much it. What about
0: you? Um, Yeah, so more Persona 5 Royal. I was going to just totally outright skip talking about it this week but uh for those who who don't know a lot about persona 5 royal it's pretty much the base game of the original persona 5 with a ton of quality of life improvements uh, uh redone social links in some aspects new characters uh some restructured dungeons in some areas so there's a lot of new content to keep that base game afloat and make it feel fresh uh but now i'm in the part of the game called the third semester which is you finish the base game and now this whole new section of the story has opened up, and I will not spoil anything for anybody, but I will just say this. There is, you know, Persona, is, as you know, it goes on a stretch of days. Like, you, you know, it's January 1st, January 2nd, January 3rd. January 1st through the 9th, arguably is, like, number one, the best stretch so far of the entire game itself, which, it, like, it wipes all the amazing moments uh, of of the original game, it like it wipes its ass with them. Like it's that insanely good. It is the first time that in a in a I can't even remember when where a modern game has me feeling like I did when I played a game on a PS2, where uh you, you know like that childhood wonder of you know what else can this game do? Like it keeps getting bigger, bigger, bigger. Like story wise gameplay wise like it just does everything and it's like oh my god it's it's doing this too like it was one of those moments where it really captured me in a, a specific unique way that even some of my my favorite games of all time like we'll say Nier Automata BioShock these are more modern games like they caught me in a certain way but it was cuz like I really liked them but like Persona 5 Royal has sort of transitioned from like this is one of the best games I've played to like this is an experience and for me, that was really solidified when I entered this third semester and the game just flips you on its head and in a very intelligent way, playing off everything that's happened beforehand, um, while trusting the player's knowledge and not, and, and pacing it properly. I just, I, I, like I said, I wasn't planning on talking about it again because I was like, yep, another week, more Persona 5 Royal. But, uh, it, it was like, I had this moment in the game where I was like, this is, have you ever played a game? And you're sitting there, something's happening, and you're like, "This is going to be one of the best moments I've had in a game in my entire life." Like, oh yeah, for sure, special. I had that, and it was like this otherworldly feeling. You're like, "Oh my god!" Like I am, I am playing this. Like I am living through this. This is crazy. Um, and so, I, I, sadly, I don't, I don't want to get into specifics, just because like I think it's very important to experience, but. I've raved about the game a ton, and it, it kind of just got amplified. Like, it absolutely springboarded the game, where I had, like, an utmost respect for Persona 5, but I always liked 4 more uh, because of its cast, because of its characters, and how I feel like they were very human. Uh, and this, not that they weren't humanized in Persona 5, but th- this event just just humanizes the whole group in a in a new light that's very creative and poses, like, a whole new thought process for the narrative it's 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 crazy is yeah, it is the crazy
1: girl that so is the girl that the new character mm-hmm. which i i, assume, I think yeah. reg said is, is girl yeah so she's the sporty one is she like a sport yeah she's okay. a gymnast yeah but she that's hot is she <laughs> uh, is she fully immersed in the title from he he said it was like only an hour or so from when you start. Where you meet her. So is she like, yeah. can you tell she isn't a part of the main is I guess what my question is. Can you tell, no, can you tell you, she's you,
0: new is what I mean. I don't think you can. And okay, the reason cool. I say that is cause they kind of, it's one of my complaints with the game, but it may change, but right mm-hmm. now it's that they backseat her a lot. She, she interweaves. Oh, in and out. I got gotcha. you. She's there. She has a presence. You have a relationship with her. She has her own social link. Like, any character that's major in persona, and she's very interesting. Uh, but I wanted, I very much wanted her to be involved in some of the major events yeah. that the Phantom Thieves go through. And she is in her own way, but it's not as, uh, say, like On or Ryuji, like the main characters who are there through it all. Like they're they're constantly there. She's not like that, and okay. it's explained why, and it makes sense why, and it kind of builds her up as to why. But it, that's the one thing that's really unfortunate is I clocked almost my 130th hour, and now the game's starting to pivot and give her her look. And mm-hmm. um, I think it will be to the this semester's benefit, but it is one of my complaints that, like, she's – I think backseated might be strong, but she's she's sort of in and out of the picture a little too much. I would want her in a little bit more. But in answer to your question, they definitely, I think – weaved her in in a very natural way, which I trusted Atlas was going to be good with because um, I played Catherine Full Body last year for the first time and they added a new character called Rin. And I thought Rin was a part of the base game. They did it so well. Okay. So I kind of, I had that experience to back cool. it up. Like, okay, I know what happens when you play a game that's been re-released for the first time and, and they've added something very new and substantial and it's your first time going through it. Um, but yeah, just uh, just... Kind of took my words away, and uh, it's really hard to describe how magical my session on Persona 5 Royal <laughs> was last night. It was.
1: Yeah, I haven't heard incredible.
0: anybody co- complain about it either,
1: because Reg has played you know 140 normal or whatever hours, mm-hmm. and then played this. His only complaint was that there was one very particular um, thing you have to do to get the extra content at the end or yeah, something like that. Yeah, you miss it. Yeah. And he said, he said, it's not like a bunch of people will miss it, but he's like, it is a requirement. And so there, that you then have the chance to miss it. Like it is, mm-hmm. the chance is there. That was, and it wasn't even a hate. It was just like, that's sort of a dumb decision overall. But yeah, I man, I it's like, there's been nobody complaining about that game, even though it really, like, if this was another company, it feels like people would complain more just because it's like, Oh, well, it's just adding this or that, but instead, like, well, yeah, nobody, first, nobody dislikes
0: it. At first, it was that. I remember when it first first released, or I'm sorry, it was first announced. A lot of people were saying, just sell it for $30 or sell the expansion for $30. But once you play it and you realize to get to this third semester and what's happening, you have to build relationships and see certain moments that are brand new, by the way, with these new characters to kind of hint at what's to come. Like, if they just dropped it in and said, okay... Uh, you've got a new downloadable content for for Persona Five the base game. Royal has we'll call it Royal. Royal's been added in. If you just started off cold turkey with what's happening with third semester, it would not be good. It just wouldn't. It's because of the way you you build relationships with some of the, the new characters and, and what happens in turn um that makes it that moment that I had where you're just like, Oh, Jesus Christ, like this is insane. Um, so that's why like, when I hear people go, like, oh, they should have sold this DLC, I'm like, you just, you just didn't play the game. That's it. It's that, it's that simple. And the second you do, and anyone who does play it, like, within the first, like, two hours, you just know, like, oh, they couldn't have, they couldn't have just made it downloadable content. They simply couldn't have. So, it's not, it's, it's just, I don't know how else to word it. It's like one of the best games ever, man. It is, it is incredible. Mm-hmm. Cause P5 was already very good. Yeah, um, and I don't, yeah. I don't want to sound hyperbolic. Like I, I genuinely will back it up that I, I think this game is one of the best games ever made. It is, it is incredible. Because like I said, it's that bigger, 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 bigger thing where it just as you go through the game, it's like, oh, they got these mini games. Oh my God, the combat, and the layer, the confidence, the story, this, that, the choices, the, the permutations, all the personas in the game, the fusion combinations. Like it's just, it's all there. It's insane. It is. It is actually insane. I Very can't cool. get over it. Yeah, highly recommend it to anyone who's listening. Even if you've never played Persona before, you don't need to play it to understand or enjoy Royal whatsoever. Yeah, you definitely don't need to. Uh, yeah, I mean, as somebody who hasn't followed the Persona that much,
1: I had a fucking amazing time with the with the non-Royal version.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you reviewed that. You reviewed that in like a week or two, right? I remember you had that game. Yeah, early. that was the
1: what? That was one of the first ones where I played. I did the full, um, uh, full 24 hours the very first day I got it because I bought that off the street.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I think you yeah, bought you that. You have to with that game. I, I think was going to.
1: I you were going, going
0: to? to? Okay, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, yeah. And um, I don't even remember if they even sent codes to me on that one, but I, yeah, I got it off the street, and luckily because it was like, I can't remember what day it was, but. It was it was multiple days, and it wasn't even that many days to basically get it ready, even off mm-hmm. the street. Because a lot of times off the street, you can get it two weeks early, just depending. Witcher 3, yeah. by the way, I don't know if you knew this, I didn't. One of my friends from the Middle East, uh, who's a part of my Discord, told me that Witcher, I think it was Witcher 3, he was seeing Witcher 3 on the street corner shops, like, fucking almost a month early. It was crazy. yeah, it was
0: crazy. <laughs> he was like, dude, it was already there. You know, probably unpatched, obviously. But- yeah. But there. But still, that's- yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember that Persona 5, the original, was like, available on eBay a couple weeks early. Like, that's- yeah, cause- you, you could find it there. You and I have talked about too. a
1: couple of those. Yeah, yeah. dude,
0: it's, it, it's nuts.
1: Uh, the one thing I have looked for everywhere in all different, even dark web, uh, was, uh, I wanted the US version of the- uh Yakuza the new one um which there, oh, it, it's oh, not shit. out yet yeah uh, just cuz i really want to play that game and i was watching like him summon lobsters and shit and i was like oh my god i yeah. just want to play they, it yeah uh, they they
0: definitely they definitely took notes from persona with that game like the way the combat yeah. set up and the hard it's so. it's so clear which is a good thing yeah it, it it's very reminiscent of that and because it's sega published that probably makes sense yeah All right, so that's what we're playing. That's what we've been up to. Carrick, let's get into the news this week. Let's start off with the Mafia Trilogy. Um, So this was kind of being teased throughout the week by 2K. The Mafia account on Twitter reactivated, and they were tweeting, like, power, family, respect, uh, day in, day out, since I think it was Mother's Day. And uh, once all three of those tweets were sent out, they then announced the Mafia Trilogy. So... Let's go ahead and we're going to zip through an article from Eurogamer. 2K's Trilogy of Mafia games are getting a re-release with a package called, fittingly, Mafia Trilogy. Today's brief teaser doesn't tell us much other than the Trilogy's new platform, PC, via Steam, and the Epic Game Store. Uh, We don't know the timing on that quite yet because we do know 2K has been partial to the Epic Game Store in the past, but we'll see. Uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia, and to expect more details on Tuesday... May 19th. Uh, it does fit with Mafia 2's recent appearance on ratings boards. Also, there was, uh, I'll add in this, a appearance of a Mafia 3 definitive edition on ratings boards. Um, now, furthermore, there was a very interesting update for this saying that Mafia 2's new version could arrive as soon as next week. Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, whose upgrade looks less striking than that that coming to Mafia 1 in, apparently, August, has just been revealed via a Microsoft Store listing. It will feature all DLC content and is described as a remaster rather than a remake. Now, Mafia 1 out of this trilogy is arguably the most impressive and unexpected aspect of this whole trilogy. So this update reads, while we should have been waiting until next week to hear more of 2K's Mafia trilogy plans, Microsoft has just posted details of its first entry, a lavish-looking remake of the first Mafia game onto its own storefront. Uh, The impressive-looking new version of the game is listed as Mafia Definitive Edition and is listed for release on August 27th. Mafia 3 developer Hangar 13 is down as it's developer quote part of one of the mafia crime saga 1930s lost heaven illinois remade from the ground up rise to the ranks of the mafia during the prohibition era of organized crime Uh, and quote its description reads after a run-in with the mob cab driver tommy angelo is thrust into a deadly underworld initially uneasy about falling in with the Soleri family uh, tommy soon finds that the rewards are too big to ignore, and this was accompanied by screenshots that just looked incredible. Yeah. So there's kind of your general write up for it. Thank you, Eurogamer, Carrick. What do you make of the Mafia trilogy? One being a remake, two being a remaster, and we're we're kind of hazy on details with three, but I imagine it'll just be the original package with its DLC. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see two get a, a what one looks like.
1: Because 1's screenshots are like, what, 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 what? Yeah. So, So, but, I, I mean, and I think, too, I've seen a couple DLC for, two, uh, sorry, mods for 2 that make 2 look pretty damn good. But not, you know, currently good. Where the Mafia 1 Definitive Edition, those pictures look amazing. So, I, I'm i just excited for it, man. I, I just think it's cool. I know that I saw some people who were like, oh, man, I'd like to see him do something new. I, I absolutely get that. I'm a person who... If you had a choice, I'd say, yeah, new would be great. But the moment the company says the line that they're towing, the way they're going, I immediately, like, remove my emotion. Because Mm -hmm. I can't control the company. Like, that, it makes no sense. So the moment they showed this, I was just like, okay, this is where they're going. Now we need to look at them. And uh, I'm admittedly more interested in one just because of what I saw. Like, those pictures
0: coming out in just a few months, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, and oh, and that release thing—I don't know anything about the release thing. Um, it 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 could be. It could be the nineteenth. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah, we'll see if it's a shadow drop. I wouldn't be too surprised if Mafia Two was a shadow drop. That got rated either really early last year, or or, Mm. I'm sorry, early this year or late last year. Right. Um, So that's been hanging around for a while. I think I would imagine this trilogy was supposed to come out in one big bunch, but because of what's going on around us, I I just have this kind of tinfoil hat conspiracy that it would make more sense to split them up. Obviously, Mafia One remake looks more like a full game, but when it comes to two and three, I I see no reason why those two wouldn't be ready right off the bat, and so I wouldn't be too surprised if 2K wanted to stagger the release of trilogy. But I will admit it's a little weird if they shadow drop two. On the 19th, and then the one remake is later on, uh, because there's a certain mission in two, if you never played one, that ties you yeah, in pretty right. heavily to the first one. But yeah. Yeah. And you'll be kind of like, wait, what the fuck? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I would, uh, it's not that you shouldn't play Mafia 2 first by any stretch. It's just that, uh, you might have something ruined for you. Uh, which, yeah,
1: you're sense. right, though. Uh, you're right. I, so I was confused by the, um, the timing. Because I, when they said trilogy and then I saw definitive, I was like, wait, so maybe there's a trilogy game and then they're like, you know, they're like, here you go with the trilogy. But we're also remaking one like and which to me was like, oh, we're going to hear about that. People are going to bitch. But mm-hmm. now that now that you're talking about it, maybe it is just one of those things where release wise, it just didn't, you know, it just didn't come together. So they're like, we're just releasing them staggered. Yeah, it, I, pretty- I agree. I'd rather not see one first, but. Or, sorry, two. Yeah. I'd rather not see two. No, I know what you meant.
0: Yeah, I just – it's it's very strange because it's such like a, a backwards release. What's even more strange is – I because I, cause I just talked about Mafia in a recent video, and so I was reading an old Jason Schreier article about when he covered Hangar 13 and some of what happened after uh, Mafia 3 had released where it had, you know, mixed reception from fans and critics. It didn't do that well financially, was that originally they were going to make their own new IP – And then they were going to make Mafia 4 in, like, Las Vegas in the 70s. And that just sounded, like, perfect. Mm -hmm. And then I guess they stopped both of those and went to instead remake Mafia 1. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. But what's weird about that, and obviously, like, things change, right? Like, these are humans. Like, you you might say one thing one day, but then your situation changes. And and then you just your feelings change. And and suddenly, so maybe they wanted to make their new IP because that's what the article said. They said they always wanted to have their own IP. Uh, they love Mafia, but they always want to just have their own thing, which is understandable. Like, they want to be the, the next Mafia, so to speak. Um, you want to be that notable IP. And so um, they, I guess, abandoned that for the time being t- to work on a, a remake. Like, it's not just a remaster. Like, that is a 2002 game, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen, that you're looking at. Um, so that's not just a remaster. They they completely redid everything with the game. Um, what worries me Is of course the gameplay loop. Mafia Three had an excellent story, but its gameplay loop was uh, less than desirable in my opinion. Um, It just wore you down. That's what it happened. It was it was like, you know, fighting a a takedown artist in the ring. You know, he's just he's just wearing you down the whole fight, and uh, eventually, by the fifth round, you're tapping out. That's kind of what Mafia Three was. And uh, I just hope that they don't carry that gameplay loop into one. I've never played one, but I, I imagine it was not like that, and it was probably a little more straightforward. It is, but it's also a sign of its times.
1: So if they don't change stuff, I could see some people being like, this feels old, because mm-hmm. it is old. So you do have, I mean, I, I, internally it'll be weird to see which decision they went with. Do we, like, stick the way it was, or mm-hmm. do we change stuff, and then
0: did that change work? You just never know, I imagine, as yeah, one of the developers. Right. You, just, you just have no idea. What I found really interesting, too, is as we were reading through uh, this write-up, this article mentioned that Mafia 1's remake is listed as Mafia Definitive Edition, and then Mafia 2 is listed as Mafia 2 Definitive Edition. But one comes as a remaster. One comes as a remake. Right. This is the problem we were just talking about last week. About how these remasters, remakes, definitive editions, special editions, what have you, the term is meaningless almost. Yeah, at this point. It, no, it, it and this will show it even
1: more when it's uh, two games in the same series. It's definitely yeah. meaningless. I mean, there's no way to even track now what you're getting or, or like what a dev- And I mean, I'm, I'm not 100% sure we're required to have that. It's just, I think all consumers would like to have it, obviously. Uh, what is weird though, Matty, is this reminds me of video game cards, uh, video, uh, video cards for, sorry, for PCs. Because you can buy a video card and then the company will name them fucked up and you'll be like, oh, this is the next gen card, like a 2070 or a 2060, which sounds next gen compared to a 1080 Ti. And then you'll be like, wait, what? It's worse? And they're like, yeah, this is the Econo line, like I- I- Intel. Yeah. You can buy an Intel and go, this is great and find out that they removed, like, um, you know, multi-core uh, hyper-threading from the new i7s, unless they're a specific thing, and and you can not know and buy the wrong thing. So it's not unheard of. I hate it though.
0: Yeah, less information is worse, but uh, hopefully people will be able to do their research. If not, I imagine this will still be the preferable way of play. If anyone wanted to play the mafia,
1: true I mean, that, you know, right?
0: You know, it's, it's exactly a right game. So. Um, I'm just happy that they did take this route with the original Mafia. I was wondering how well that would age, and then seeing it's being remade does give me a little more hope in that regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mafia 2, I'm a little bummed out about that it's just a remaster. Um, the reason I say that is because, I mean, imagine if they they didn't even have to remake the game by any stretch. I just feel like what if they added open-world activities, right? It's an L.A. noir situation. You have this really, really awesome game, uh, incredible story, and then just the world is there, like you have this open world, but it's just a space to go from point A to point B to your next story mission. There's no side quests. In the case of Mafia, you can collect some cars, but like you could tell, they could tell easily they wanted to do more. And I feel like that's the game that's most ripe to say, like, hey, let's set up something a little similar to Mafia Three system, where you have to take down some hideouts or 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 fight some gangs in some alleys or. Uh, you know, like, there, there's just a couple of activities you could pepper throughout the world just so that you don't have to go from story mission to story mission because I feel like that wouldn't be to the game's detriment at all if they didn't just oversaturate it.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, they may have also chosen it because of it. there could be something technical on the side where they wanted to do story, That's but, true. you know, maybe there's not a voice actor for what they need or whatever, you know, or the cost is too much for making it better. I would rather have them with two, just make sure... So one and two's controls are not the best. Even three's controls are not the best. All I really care about is, at the very minimum, if you're remastering a game, I think even if you're remastering a game with just resolution, you should still look at the controls and say, are they up to snuff with, even with the mediocre examples of the current titles? And I will say both of those games have a couple issues with control. So that, to me, is actually going to be a little bit more important, like to see how they play overall, if they feel not even current, but you know what I mean, improved Mm -hmm. gameplay-wise.
0: Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. One thing I hope for is that uh, when I was making my video on Mafia, I was playing Mafia 2, and I did not realize how far the camera pulls in for a third-person shooter. When you aim in, it is pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the screen gets a little crowded, so I hope they kind of yank that back a little oh, bit. Oh, right. Give you a little more comes... room. Yeah, because it, it's one of those things where it pulls you in so close that like Vito's shoulder will block like a good chunk of the screen, and you're kind of like trying to look around them. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that's something that they do amend uh, to some extent. That seems like a simple quality-of-life improvement, but We'll see. They're calling it the definitive edition, so we'll we'll see what that means, because I guess all three are getting definitive editions if they're calling the first remake one, and then yeah. two and three were listed as definitive on the, on the ratings boards, and two leaked as that name, so we'll see. We'll see. This was indeed, Carrick, the week of remasters and remakes, what have you, because... Tony Hawk is back. Yeah. Tony Hawk 1 and 2 are being remastered. You're shaking your head a little bit. <laughs> I just,
1: it, that one, I mean, it was sort of a surprise in a weird way. I don't know why. I was surprised.
0: Yeah. It. It, it was, um, it was kind of like a secret that wasn't kept that well because I yeah. know a band leaked the soundtrack or that they were going to be on the soundtrack. And then they also had leaked, uh, I think, think like, another skater who was going to be in the game. Jason Dill, it was, uh, had Mm. had leaked that it was happening. So there were little things cropping up. But I was like, oh, this is so far down the line. They're probably not even going to announce it. And uh, they did uh, during the Summer Games Fest. And so Tony Hawk went through a pretty tumultuous ride, pardon the pun, because there was, like, Skate Jam and, like, Tony Hawk's ride. There was just a lot of bad games Uh, So now it seems like uh, Vicarious Visions is teaming up with Tony Hawk and Activision, um, which I I actually trust this. I know a lot of people know I'm not a huge fan of Activision, but uh, Vicarious Visions were the people who did remake Crash 1 through 3, and I thought they did a pretty good job with that. I'm unsure if they also did. Did they also do – no, that was someone else who did Spyro. Um, But I I trust what they did with – I trust them rather based off – what had happened with Crash, and I'm not even a huge fan of Crash. Um, a lot of people were like, oh, man, but, you know, Tony Hawk First Skater 5 was terrible, but that was a completely different developer. And they, mm-hmm. they rushed that game out because the Tony Hawk contract for that company was about to end, so they were just trying to capitalize on any money that was out there. So let's read an article from The Verge, and then we'll pass it off to Karik. Today, Activision announced a new remastered collection that brings together the first two Tony Hawk Pro Skater games in one modern package. With new features like online play and a more robust robust course builder, it'll be coming to PS4, Xbox One, and PC via the Epic Games Store on September 4th. First, here are the basics. The remastered collection will feature updated visuals, all of the original levels, characters, and tricks. There will be extra challenges, a more elaborate create-a-park mode where you can share custom skate parks online, and a brand-new online multiplayer mode along with local multiplayer. On top of that, the game includes the vast majority, that's in quotes, of the iconic Tony Hawk Pro Skater soundtrack, though not every song made it due to licensing issues, which, you know, that's kind of out of their control. But, yeah, yeah, I do hope that uh, Superman makes it into the game that's uh that's incredibly important because that's like the the song for Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh let's see here is there anything else this mentions the remaster is being held, handled by Vicarious Visions as I mentioned earlier which has some history with both the skate franchise and remaking games some of the studio's earlier projects were surprisingly excellent portable versions of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater series while more recently the developer recently had released uh, Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy also a remaster of PlayStation era classics. So, Carrick, new uh, create a park mode, old tricks,
1: new dog. And I think if I, if I heard Tony right, because I did watch his stream, um, I think he said that like n- number three's uh, the the ver- there was a spe- special move with the trigger. Revert.
0: Is that what it is? Uh, yeah, you can, you could revert, I imagine. In the yeah, later
1: he, ones. he said that some things were added from three into two. So it's not, or in, yeah, into, into these. So when you do get these, some parts of the later games and some particular moves are actually being added as well, which I thought was pretty cool. So it's not just absolutely the stuff from one and two. Um, cause he was talking to the pro, there was the programmer Jeff Geely and him sitting together talking and. Uh She was talking in particular about how much they played. She was a big fan. It was, which is always always cool to see when the dev is like yeah. excited. Um, that's what you but, want. But yeah, I mean, I hold five. I, I hold everybody accountable for five just because it's terrible.
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm
1: not saying it should be excusable. I hope no, I, didn't I come know.
0: Across that way, yeah.
1: No, you didn't. You didn't. I'm just saying. I just, <laughs> I really hold it again because five was it was. Ju- like, it was surprising, it? dude. I did one of those unacceptable games. Found videos i've only done like six in my life yeah it's horrendous it was like a minute 30 seconds of the review of just me going like how the fuck did this get made like it was (laughs) it's a terrible game and that was um,
0: 2015 right
1: yeah that was like right when i not right when i started but yeah because i started 2014 i think it was my first major full year but uh yeah i mean you know i know that we we talked you're a tiny bit more into it than i am um but I would say overall, I was a pretty big fan. I guess the things that I care about is like, if it's still got, I, I like the other stuff you can do, build your park and stuff. I just hope it's the same, just jump in, though, if you want to do that without any of the other rigmarole. Like, create a character like Yeah, dude, I just want to jump in and just play and not worry about any of the other shit. I probably won't mess around with the crater park unless it's very cool locations. Oh, really? Um, Probably not. Probably not. I might download yours kind of thing, but I don't think I would make my own. I'm not as into skating as that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I also wonder about the price because (laughs) that's one thing that we're going to see is like how much are you going to charge 60 bucks? Is it forty for both though?
0: Oh, well I'll look that you up. You get my drift? Yeah. Going, yeah. I'll, yeah I'll look so, that
1: up. so my worry is that it's like forty a piece. I hope it's not. But the reason why I bring that up is, if it, if it's one and two, then if I for some reason think in my head it'll be released separately, and if it's released separately, if one and two are released separately, then it goes into my head that both will be forty a piece. So I'm just a little confused on the pricing
0: scheme. It, from the writing, it seems like together they are $40. Oh, well
1: then. That's it good.
0: It says Tony Ox Pro Skater 1 and 2 uh, is priced at $39.99 a, and a digital deluxe version with oh. quote, unique content and in-game gear and, quote, costs $50. Uh, there's also, I forgot to mention this, a very cool collector's edition, which includes a birdhouse deck, like an actual skateboard deck that you can get.
1: Um, oh, cool. which for,
0: for, for 100 bucks, I guess that's not too bad because you get the game... Plus a skate deck, um, which I, I just thought that was a pretty neat thing because usually you get like doodads or figures, so you can get actually something you could use. Yeah, that's uh, not a bad. I, I thought was really it's cool. not bad at all. Yeah, see, I'm not one of those people like when when Super Mario Maker, I think that's what it's called, uh, when that was like announced. Uh, th- that's a game that I look at and go, nah, not, not for me. I don't think I have the mind for side scrollers, but as someone I guess who s- used to skate a lot, and I, I miss skating a ton now. Um I might get back into it just cuz I can't I can't play any sports or anything so it's like I'm yeah I need something to do. Uh so I've been considering getting back into skating again but um I guess because I've had my hands on actual skate parks and and been in them and you know you you've, i grew up playing these games uh, for those who are wondering American Wastelands personally my favorite I I fucking love that game. Um did you ever play that by the way cuz like you have that one base where as you complete missions, they they take these insane objects from like a casino and they'll put them in this gigantic ultimate skate park.
1: It doesn't ring a bell.
0: Doesn't mean oh, I okay. didn't, but that one doesn't ring a bell. Yeah. Yeah. Just I grew up with all of those games: Underground and Four. Tony Hawk Pro Skater Four is one of my favorites. So I just I think I just have a mind for it because I've had so much hands-on time with it. But I, same thing went with like Doom Snap Map. I had the same perspective you had. Oh, I just, I'll, I'll play whatever people make. Yeah. But in that case, I'll probably be with you, or I'll probably be with the people who are actually making stuff. Oh, cool. As will my yeah. dogs. I was just going to say, this is the first time you've got a full on, I'm surprised my dog isn't
1: answering your dog. Yeah.
0: I just, I don't know what gets into them. They They bark at nothing. Nothing. Like, the door will be shut. There will be no stimulation. There will be absolutely no sounds outside, and, and they will just haul off and be like, fuck it. Let's make noise. It, like, it's, it's also incredible. funny
1: that right now it's funny, but, like, at 3 o'clock in the morning on a fucking, yeah. you know, windy night or whatever, and they're barking at a wall, and you're all, wait, does this dog mm-hmm. – do they see spirits? What's happening? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. My girlfriend's one of those people who just, you know, she believes, like, dogs can see spirits and stuff. Oh, right, and guess, yeah. And my dad is, too. So, like, when they start barking at the walls, my dad's like, oh, oh, someone's here" or something like that. I'm just like, all right, all right, <laughs> you don't need to freak me out in the process. <laughs> all right, let's move on to Ghost of Tsushima. We saw a pretty extensive look at this game on State of Play this week, um, about 15-plus minutes of gameplay. Uh, I have a whole video that's going up on my channel talking about what I saw with the game. Uh, I will just say it wasn't, like, overly positive, but it definitely wasn't negative. I just wasn't blown away. But, Carrick, I'm very curious as to what your thoughts are on Ghost. I think they beat Ubisoft to uh, Assassin's Creed Japan. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It
1: looked fun, but it did not look, um uh, I don't know what the – Classic, or I don't know even what the term would be. There was a lot of weird jankiness, too, like shooting guys with arrows, and they flip up in the air, and you're like, what is happening? There's all these oddities. But um, it it looked really cool graphically. I will say I blame Sony and Microsoft both for doing this. They both have done it now, and they need to stop, which is um, streaming really poor bitrate to YouTube, and, and it, it looked fucking horrendous. So I had to go... And get the 4K real version later and rewatch it all.
0: Um, one of my Twitch audience did too.
1: Oh dude, it was ugly. That was one of yeah. the worst videos I think I've seen. It was like IGN quality and they're known to have like shit quality. Um, so I watched it. It looked fun. They, they sort of did some. So I'm happy because I just, I think you and I actually talked about this at least two, if not three weeks ago. I've been bitching that I've always wanted. A Dark Souls game that isn't really Dark Souls, so casual people can play it. And I had been hoping that some game would come about. And looking at that gameplay, that's pretty much what it looks like. So it's Sekiro, but without the huge difficulty. Um, you know, because it's got, like, the slow motion or the, the momentary draw, and then everybody, like, swings a sword, uh, which could be fun. I mean, in a weird way, they didn't show as much as I'd Wanted, because, like, they showed cosmetics, but and they're like, and it changes the way you play, and then never showed anything about that. They just showed his, cha- his changing, and it's like every game does that. I mean, they have a plus tier Well, that's you know. kind of
0: where it started for me, because your word's right there. Every game does that. That's kind of what I felt like while watching it. I felt right. like I saw a kind of catch-all of, of elements yeah. I've seen in, like, the last three years, four years. Yeah thrown into this game and I would normally not have a problem with that at all but it was more so that this is coming from a company who's made the likes of Sly Cooper or Infamous which are you know can we really think of any game that is close to either of those two it's it's tough to think of and so for me when I saw that game kind of looking like a Ubisoft game right like you as you said Assassin's Creed Japan uh, which isn't a bad thing it's just it's very familiar and I was I was disappointed because of that. I was very underwhelmed by by what I had saw. It doesn't look bad. I think it'll be fun. But I just expected a lot more, oh, this looks new from them. Yeah, because there was, I I, I don't think there was. We...
1: Oh, go ahead. It's been six years I was since
0: just saying, what? It's been six years since we've really seen a full game from them. So for me, it was like, I I wasn't even like hyped. I was just thinking to myself, okay, it's been six years. I imagine they've got something that separates this and when you start seeing him like finish destroying a ship and the camera pulls out and it says destroyed shipyard and it 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 does the same thing a far cry game does and to me when i saw that that's when i was thinking like oh man you know this this is very familiar or the same thing is just little subtle things like glowing plants or lootable and and yeah they're used to craft just incredibly familiar gameplay
1: yeah, the 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 lootable, all that kind of stuff, the way all that happened, it surprised me because they're like, hey, you can follow the wind to your new location. You're like, all right, so that takes a game mechanic and puts it into the game world. That makes sense. And then nothing else was done that way. Everything else was a mechanic with a shining radar color or something like that. And you're like, well, that's weird. There was one specific thing that they were like, look at, this is unique or at least fits in the game world. Um. And then they were like, "Yeah, there's a ton of collectibles, so look for like smoke in the forest." And I was like, "Wait, look for smoke in the f- like every game does it?" And that could be their six years thing too. It could be that six years ago that stuff maybe was a li- and uh, dude, I mean, honestly, hate them or like their the way their narrative is. Odyssey and Origins have sort of. Done pretty well with not necessarily just not necessarily moving things forward, but at least looking at what was offered and saying, here's a ton of shit that's fun to do. You can do it the way you want. And have a good time. And then you see this and you're like, oh, wow, it's going to be special. And the only thing special was the wind and the draws, the uh, slow where like two two samurai stand, stare at each other and then attack. Also, that camera was not very good. I'm just going to say what I was seeing in that video made me a little nervous for some camera angles. There was some weirdness with it being he was really far to the left, which was odd. Um, but it still looked fun, regardless of all that. I was like, shit, I love Odyssey. So Odyssey's fun. So I'm okay with yeah. that.
0: I guess Odyssey I liked because it had that mixture of almost goofiness. The Spartan kick, of course, is what comes to mind. The the crazy dash abilities you can do. Right. Um Sorry when it memory. came to to ghosts uh did you watch the twenty eighteen gameplay by chance afterwards?
1: no, but or i watched the, the twenty eight I, I i watched the twenty eight gameplay stuff like three months ago
0: okay, so one thing that was in that was dismemberment. it was a lot right. smoother yeah, it was a lot yep. more smooth um and so that was not present at all in they the did combat. i did
1: find a hand chopped off. So I tweeted and said there was no dis- or, uh, I'm not seeing dismemberment, and somebody said we just saw it, and of course I had just tweeted, so it was right when I was watching the trailer and I didn't look. I went back and looked, and there is a single hand that is chopped off in that battle. A hand. You, <laughs> a hand. So my opinion, Maddie, is that when it comes to dismemberment itself, they may be skirting the, uh, the, the, they may be worried about blood laws and stuff, which is why, like, uh, Warhammer, uh, the the latest Warhammer Rome total, total Warhammer game, you have to buy the DLC for 99 cents to add blood to the game because it, it skirts the laws for violence. So maybe they just, for whatever reason, they want it to be really G-rated or something because there's one hand in that entire time. And there was a lot of striking going on in that video. So I expected well, yeah. arms and legs to be flying off.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing, is in 2018, he took, like, a arm clean off. Yep. He was, he was like, gouging people and then kicking them off his blade. And in this yep. one, it looked more hack and slash. And the animations right. definitely took a hit. And it kind of led me to this conclusion where I was like, this doesn't look bad. Like, I'm with you. It does not look bad. And I'm sure people will think I'm, I'm saying that. But I'm really not. I'm just more so saying that probably if this game were to have released two years ago, a year and a half ago. Right. Um, I would probably, I would, I can almost guarantee I'd be receiving it differently. Um, just because it, it's clear that it's been stuck in development for a while and now they're just trying to shove it out, which sucks, but, you know, they, it's been six years. They've got to get something out outside of infamous First Light, which was a little standalone thing.
1: There also could be something we're not seeing. For example, if the equipment stuff adjusts dismemberment. For example, so maybe in one of the videos, they've, you know, they, maybe they've decided we're going to tune down dismemberment on lower level swords. That way, when you get a high level sword, it does more dismemberment. I have no problems with that. So I'm going to hold, you know, any worry of it missing, mm-hmm. uh, for that. I personally don't think that's probably what's happening, but it, it's, it's happened before that kind of weird shit has happened before. I just feel that it was. Yeah, it was a little downgraded. I mean, it's st- the problem is is it our, I don't really care about the downgrades because I know how development's done. Well, so do you, but I'm I'm not saying we don't. But I I'm know saying mean, some yeah. people may not. They're like again they shoot for something they're like, "Whoa, we wanted to we, like we can't hit this polygon budget." Um so maybe something like that happened. I still think it looked pretty fucking awesome. Like graphically, when he's riding in the wind and the, and the, and the grass and world the jungle, up. the yeah. world all, yeah. So I, I just don't know. There were some things hidden in that trailer for sure, or in that gameplay for sure, including that armor. Cause he's like, it physically changes stuff, but then they, they clicked away from it. And I was like, that makes no, like, what does that mean? Yeah. So there could be something else on there.
0: Yeah, it might, sure. might have to do with the weapon because the enemies he was cutting down were not armored in the slightest. Right, so and they weren't were any, really
1: getting damaged, did you notice? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I was going to say, if, they, if there was anyone to get like dismembered, for example, it probably would have been that group of enemies he was fighting in the shipyard when he was in the samurai. What did you think of the stealth gameplay? Because I thought that's where it was like, it was a very transparent look at the game because, you know, the guy got caught in the middle of... Like, three different enemies and threw a smoke bomb and abused the stealth system to take down the enemy in front of him. And I thought to myself, that's something I would do, but if I was showing off my game, I probably wouldn't do that. You get what I'm saying?
1: I think the stealth uh, was poorly shown. Yeah. I think the stealth didn't look fun either. Uh, but I wouldn't play it. It's my kind of stealth, because I'll stealth for a couple times and then be like, done, and, you know, <laughs> go full on full bore. But he rode his horse directly up to the fucking gates. He's like, here's stealth. And it shows AI hasn't really, um, and AI won't necessarily improve with better CPUs, but AI hasn't really increased. And the AI looked rough because he just rides his horse up. He fights one guy, throws fireworks down, which are loud, and it calls people, but then no one from anywhere near even looks. Um, so I don't know, but I will say the stealth didn't look. That's It didn't look fun at all that stealth to me did not look like something I would want to do for a long period of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. I, I think, um I don't think it looks bad. Like I said, I just want to make sure people know that. I, just, I think it was just, a bad showing. Yeah. Like, yeah. It it just didn't instill confidence. It underwhelmed mm-hmm. me. I, I yeah. was expecting something good at the very least. And it's not that it's going to be a bad game. It's just, I saw it and went, Oh, okay. It's, it's right. another open world game, you know? Same. And that's, that's that's up people's alley, and that's fine. It's a checklist open world. Spider-Man's a checklist open world, and I fucking love that game. Uh, I think the yeah. difference with Spider-Man is you've got gadgets, you've got tons of suits, different ways to handle encounters, a free-flow combat system, the webs, the traversal. I think a lot of things remove the checklist weight, whereas this doesn't have that fantasy element, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and it, it really lays into its realism a little bit more, which is good. Because you have games like Neo, which are, are very action heavy and you're, you're flinging around like an anime hero. Uh, and then you got Sekiro, which is almost like a, a rhythm game where you just kind of parry and jump and analyze your foe. And that's, as you mentioned earlier, also a lot more difficult where this could be that good in between. So I think this is going to be the game for a lot of people that they've wanted but couldn't get out of Sekiro or Neo. And that's great. Uh, I just, I was not. In love with what I saw. And I have a video coming out on it today as uh, we record this podcast. And I I do not anticipate good results. (laughs) Mm. I definitely do not. Because I'm sure people are going to be disappointed with my opinion. But that's okay. All right. Let's move on into our next bit of news character. This is all you. We're talking about Halo Infinite apparently having an event soon.
1: Yeah, let me grab the... And I just had this up here. I replaced it with Paper Mario. I replaced it with one of my searches that
0: we just did. I think it was Paper Mario. There we go. Probably Paper Mario because we were talking oh my, about oh, that GameSpot.
1: Yeah, so it says Halo Infinite will be at July's Xbox. Uh, oh, God, the music's playing. Sorry, their <laughs> website. Will be at uh, July's Xbox Series X reveal event, and this is from May 15th. So what is that? That's Today. Today. Uh, by GameSpot, and it says Halo Infinite will be at the Xbox Series X launch, will be an Xbox Series X launch game, but we haven't seen any gameplay footage from it. When we learned uh, that Xbox would showcase first-person titles or first-party titles for the system in the upcoming Xbox 2020 presentation in July, we assumed Halo Infinite would be one of them, and now we have official confirmation. And the latest post on Halo Waypoint, developer 343's Industries states that we will see More of the game during the upcoming stream. You may have seen people talking about this lightly before, but we're extremely excited to confirm that Halo Infinite will be one of the many first party titles included in the Xbox 2020 event in July, the post reads. There's no other confirmation other than that. Well, that's Waypoint. That's them. So, I mean, that's for sure confirmation.
0: Okay, perfect. So we know Halo's coming. They're staying, they're staying true to that launch title thing, man. And. If the rumors are to to be believed about this game, I am very keen on what they're going to be doing with the franchise. Uh, Apparently, Open World. Yeah. That is the rumor, which, you know, the the name suggests it. So let's be honest. That's not like some type of rumor or secret. Um, Like, what do you. Like, are you excited to see more Halo? I know that might be a rhetorical question and a really simple one, too. But, you know, just where do you stand on Halo? I mean, I. I am. But
1: I don't know what we're going to – like, dude, so I didn't hate the last ones. Uh, and I like Master Chief, but I feel I feel like there's almost no way for them to come back. Like, what do you do? Do you just do Halo uh, 1 again? Like, do you just put him on another – which it seems like that might be what they're doing is they're like, fuck it, we're just going to put him on another ship and have him, you know, fight the Flood and the Co- Covenant on a different Halo. I guess you could do that. I just don't know exactly what you're going to get. And the infinite thing is, like, what does that mean, sandbox? Or does it mean uh, infinite halos? Does it mean, Mm -hmm. you know, what exactly are we getting with this? I also will say I might be one of the few people that really was not impressed at all with their in-game cutscene that they showed. When they showed that, like, what was that? With the guy, you know, dusting him off and him looking around the starting of Halo, where it's like he was, I I think he was identifying the direction. uh...
0: That, that didn't get me hyped, I'll be honest, yeah. Yeah. It, it, so, it didn't really do I, it for me. I,
1: I, like, it di- yeah, it didn't at all for me. I just need to sort of see what their what their plans are. Those games work the best, too, when it's just, like, open spot, load no, of enemies, know. narrative to make you want to get to the other side of open spot, and done. Just be like, yeah. don't get so fucking wordy with the narrative. Why are they, like, why, it's not a novel, man. Just be like Master Chief, gotta get to the other side. Why? Because there's bacon over there, and I'd be like, "Okay, Less bacon, is more. D- dude, let's do it." And I would probably consider that amazing. So, I don't know. Yeah, excited, yeah, but yeah. not like on fire for it.
0: Yeah, I I'd probably sit in the same park. I, I think Halo, like many people out there, holds a pretty good spot in my heart. You know, I, I, I grew up on the series, especially. Um, I think I just talked about it last week, how that was the game. Yeah, we were answering patron questions, and I said how Halo 1 or 2 was a game I played before school for like the only time ever. Uh, so it just, I have good memories of it, and I've gone back to Halo 1 a lot. The idea though of a Halo open world game kind of makes me think, I wonder if this is what the dream was with Halo 1 when you're on the ring. Mm-hmm. and it just feels so open and large. And it is very large for a game of its time, but I look at that and go, like, man, you know, I wonder if, like, they wanted to make this, like, a very... I don't even know if the term was around at that point in time, but, like, an open world, um, or envisioned that at some point in time. Obviously, it's a different different developer now. Bungie's no longer in the picture, but very curious to see how they handle uh a larger world space for this game, because they're definitely taking that route. I think we're going to see the Brutes... More so than anything, because I know that Halo Wars 2... Keep talking, I'm going to put him out. He's, got he's whining. No problem. I'm pretty confident in this, and it has been four years, three years? Someone can correct me. But it's been about that number of years since uh, Halo Wars 2 had dropped. And I remember in its story, the, the Brutes were a pretty significant part of it all, and they were ramping up and doing a teaser to what was happening in Halo 6, or Infinite, whichever you want to call it. Um, at least that was my personal interpretation. Um, I could be wrong, I'm not a Halo lore geek, um, but when it comes to 1, 2, 3, I know my stuff. Um, it, it depends if they're going to keep like spinning around and chasing their tail as well. You know, I do wonder a little bit about... Like, are they going to introduce a new enemy type? What oh, are they going to do to make us be yeah. invested? Are you going to rely? Like, it, it's kind of in a tough spot where it's like, do you know, they go back to the flood or they go back to the covenant. Are, are we now in that, oh, this is familiar. They do something new, like what they did with Halo 4, and you're like, oh, this is not really hitting right. Um, I just, that's what I, I wonder about with the spot they're in, um, which is why I think the Brutes are kind of the logical next step. Yeah, for- and I, I, I liked the Tron-like enemies in four. Um, not
1: loved, but I liked them. And I, I wouldn't have, I think they were probably hard to hit because, or, or, or they were a target that's hard to hit because the Flood are awesome. Like, you know, the Flood are this, they're creepy, the Covenant are cool, they're religious. And then you, you're trying to like, you know, how do you spin another group in here? Especially when those guys are considered the badasses. So you're like, if these two are the badasses, where's this other group that you're trying to inject into the game? Where do they fit? Um, but I think overall, it, it, your best bet would be, at least to me, would be if they somehow figure a way to get two, two enemy types, three enemy types, whatever they want to do, as long as they get the four-player co-op team going out there and the open AI kind of, you know, flexible combat. As long as they get that, I don't think they actually have to go too nuts with anything else. Um, because I just don't know of anybody who talks about the other stuff. Like, all the other stuff they've added, I don't ever hear anybody talking about. They talk about no. the old shit from 3 and prior. And Reach, admittedly, I know a lot of people like Reach. I'm I'm not as big a fan of Reach as a lot of people. Um,
0: I liked Reach multiplayer and his story. I liked everything about it. I think about it, yeah, that was a a good game.
1: What about ODST? Because I also didn't like ODST at all.
0: I thought it had a good atmosphere. Mm. It was kind of more of the same, but, you know, it wasn't bad. I I don't know. Outside of Halo 5, I really don't think there was a bad entry in the series. I think 5's multiplayer. And not not a lot of people like the pacing of the multiplayer because they added sprinting and that kind of changed up how mm-hmm. people would get to, like, the weapon pickups and how the map played out. There was just a science to the original Halo multiplayer. So I totally get where people are coming from. I yeah. didn't mind it, though. I think it was a little more intuitive for newer players, but I think they need to just get back to basics with Infinite, and um I think it's possible. It's going to try new things, of course, but I think if they simplify it and kind of like what you said, it doesn't need to be a novel, like, just straight shoot it you know the the Halo 1 through 3 storyline really wasn't like complex it's relatively straightforward no. it's just that it was it was good it was entertaining and they gave you motivation plus interesting levels and a cool universe and just they built on that you know it's it didn't need a lore handbook and and like it doesn't need to be super deep like i don't know how else to word it i like depth but like it doesn't need to always be that there's no need for it
1: I do think we could. um, So I think a good deal of why I enjoyed Halo one through three was their sense of exploration was fairly well developed. And uh, it was fun to you saw something. There was a mystery there and you were like, whoa, what's this thing? What's this location? And then you sort of encountered the location via bullets like that's pretty much how you search places by killing other people. They're like the, uh, the Americans of, of sci-fi, you know, <laughs> like we're going to take over your area. So to me, what I would love to see is for them new locations with new environments. So we got snow. We already had snow in one, but you know, you've got it in each game. You've got these new environments. Um, different planet types would be cool. So like if you had a destroyed, uh, you know, a, like, well, we did get a destroyed one in five, you know, I just mean different, different ecosystems. Um, right. You know, because I think some of the best parts of one were like in the swamp when the flood finally come out and you're in the swamp and you're like, what the
0: fuck? And yeah, it's a combination of locale and mystery. Yeah, Yeah, I get that.
1: Yeah. And uh, I would like just to like them continue to hit that. And then they didn't really have a scarab battle after three. What I mean by that is whenever I talk to anybody about three. It's almost always, you know, these one or two big set pieces and then four or five, even reach, even ODST. If they are talked about there, they're not talked about in the same like, whoa, remember that. They need to figure out how to nail the remember that moment. And I just don't know how they do it. Like, how do they go? How do they go about nailing that one or two moments where, like, people play the entire campaign for that moment, which is what they did for three and what they did four, one, and two, I believe. Like, I will tell you, dude, number one, the first time you go into a snowy plateau, you know, and you have the big open area, and and it's just like, and you can almost see the mod. It's almost like a mod. You're like, dude, there's just like six bad guys on the other end. There's a truck. It's flipped over. There's some rocks, and it's an open area. And yet, somehow, it became one of the coolest battles
0: ever. Yep. Well said. Yeah, I, I, um, was it in Halo 2 that you go back to Earth, I think, in the beginning of the game?
1: Yeah, and you, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Hellboy was your, was a commander. Um, Ron Perlman mm. and his daughter, mm. wasn't that too? Yeah. Yeah, so. right? Yeah, yeah, I just, yeah.
0: I, I, cause I, I bring that up cause I remember why I liked two story now was because, like, one was, I, I, like, you were talking about the level of the snow, so we'll stick with that. me. As a kid walking out into that level and being like, oh, my God, it snows here. Like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's kind of just like Earth. Because, uh, like, that first level, you're you're walking around the ring, and, and, like, you look up into the sky, and you can see part of the ring arching over, and it looks very beautiful. And so you know you're almost home but not quite there. Like, it's familiar in some ways but not in others. And then you go to some place and it's snowing. You're like, okay, so it has its own weather cycle. And then you go back to Earth and it's like that sense of normalcy actually like helped the series in a way. Because mm-hmm. then in 3, you know, you encounter the flood again and whatnot. And just, yeah, I think we kind of hit the nail on the head with it's about locales, enemy types, and just sort of pushing you in that direction. Um, I know games demand like certain things in shooters. Like Doom Eternal is probably the best shooter I've played in a long while. It's a lot of verticality, it's fast, uh, it's very in-your-face, um, but it has a good pacing to it, uh, and, and it manages to help its story because of that. And so I think if they kind of keep on that route, minus the speed, because Halo's really not known for speed, um, it's got its own deliberate pace, I think they could have something good here. But well, we shall see. Let's move on to our last bit of big news for the week. It is about the Unreal Engine 5 demo. So we saw some gameplay running in real time on Unreal Engine 5. There was talk of triangles, hundreds of thousands of triangles, Carrick, <laughs> on top of you that. uh no shit. Uh, we saw, you know, a new lighting system, new animation systems. Uh just new new new. Some things a little more beefed up than others, like contextual animations, which is like you know, you're walking through a doorway and your character touches the the side entrance. Stuff that we have seen before that is being amped up as something new, um, spatialized audio. But Carrick, you know, you're our tech guy. I tried my best to dissect this on my channel according to the audience. I did not do that bad of a job, but oh, uh, good. for the listeners here. Yeah, I actually I thought I uh, I did an alright job. It took a lot of research, but <laughs> did an alright job. Uh, but what do you what did you make of this? How do you how did you feel about what you saw? I, I think the best thing
1: about this um, really has very little to do with us and more to do with artists because an artist having to make multiple level of detail models, you know, depending on how your graphics engine is going to switch between your mid, your long, you know, what tier distance, the ability of a system to just say you give me your, your model, and I'll figure out the distance and the LODs myself. Um, mm-hmm. That, it, it it just helps everybody. There's a story about Daikatana, which was the guy who made Doom, um, John Romero. He was going to make a game called Daikatana, and there's this like huge story about a behind-the-scenes mess-up that involves just this, where the artist made a, an arrow that was like one million polygons and thought it could be put into the game. To be played right then and we're talking like 15 years ago where one million polygons there was no chance of doing that but because the artist and the game developer were using different assets and this doesn't look like that it looks like you put it in it figures it out artificially you know removes what you can't see all that kind of stuff and puts it in i think that's awesome um the morphine animation was cool because, dude, I can't tell you how many times I'm so tired of somebody walking up steps and it looks like their toes are shatter because they're like tippy-toeing yeah, on a step. Yeah. And they go up and you're like, dude, why can't you just put his foot on the step? And all that kind of stuff looked good. Um, The, the audio stuff, everybody's making a big deal about the audio, which I personally think is cool. I just feel that that shit's going to be lost and it's going to be really quickly ignored because... Everybody I talk to, even in my own Discord, and I'm a fucking reviewer who covers sound and music, tells me, yeah, I just turn off the music and I fucking listen to a podcast while I'm playing. Or I turn off the sound, I'm like, oh my god, really? Yeah, I know. So, yeah, so that, that's awesome for me as a nerd. And then, uh, all the other stuff was cool, it's just unfortunately you didn't see it with characters, you didn't see it with actors, you didn't see with other, with collision detection, what we really saw was a lighting system, uh, that will be able to be used with or without ray tracing, which is cool. But it won't be used for everything. So I think that's yeah. the thing, one thing Digital Foundry made sure to point out too is that, like, um, not everybody will want to go with Unreal, like, at all. Um, there's very, been the case. which has always been the case. Look at, uh, Death Stranding and, uh, and, uh, the Horizon Zero Dawn, completely separate custom engine because it speaks to what they want to do um so yeah it was interesting it was cool to watch you know but i wasn't like in love when i saw what i saw it was more mm-hmm. more for artists more for creators which is gonna make their job you know if they're not fucking around making 85 things then they can actually do more work on whatever we want to get in the game which is cool
0: yeah so this my interpretation is that it speeds up development process you know a, a lot more because you, you know instead of drawing as yeah you pretty much what you said earlier drawing different levels of the thing yeah uh, you just kind of toss it in there and that's it it, it adjusts for itself um, which is which is great news because games could be made quicker um, yeah did this end up getting you more hype for the next generation of consoles because that's something that I didn't expect to feel and I did like I saw not even the tech demo from like a graphical perspective because you know I know it wants to look shiny and clean but some of the little things that were tucked in there Made me go like, okay, like this, you know, this has, you know, like no loading screens as this, this character went through this whole area, climbed up to the top, something happened like cutscene wise, then they dropped off and they fly through that whole level and go through a portal, um, and it was all smooth. Did, did any of that speak to you? It was like, oh wow, this kind of looks next gen to me.
1: No, but that's because, like, for example, she, at the halfway through the level, she, she goes between two fucking, rocks and somebody got mad and was like, I thought they said there were going to be no loading screens. And it's like, dude, do you know how many times a game has a character shimmy through two rocks to build drama thousands? Like yeah. it's not always about loading. Uh, the rest of the stuff was great that there was no loading the flying, but you know, around that's, that's the way they should sort of look. So to me, I, that's, that's where I expect a game to look, um, interactive wise and speed wise. Uh, you could tell it was moving the camera around. They weren't playable camera angles when she was flying. Like, you know, to me, stopping and looking around, what, what would we see? Obviously, that's not what the game, it, what it was trying to do. It was trying to get us interested in this fucking Stargate you're running towards. Um, to me, I've seen too many of these in, uh, these demos though, Maddie. Like, too yeah, many times, so. right? Oh, and then another thing is, yes, it is true. A couple companies have early release. This actually doesn't go live for all devs until the end of 2021. So you're Maybe talking 2021. 2021, yeah. And they, they did announce that, but the thing is, is some companies are working and then they'll be able to sort of port up port into, uh, Unreal, like with, with all of these bonuses, but a lot won't have their, their setup won't even be ready for some of these changes in 2021. They'll be halfway through a game or what have you. Um, You're talking 2022, 23, before you start seeing, like, a company start with this and end with this. Hmm. So that'll be, I think, you know, a little interesting. So, like, you have Phil Spencer saying, hey, we've got some companies that are going to leverage Unreal, you know, in their games. But it's like when and how far and what type of leverage. It's more like a 1.5 versus a 2 where they started with that engine. Um, Lighting's cool. Um, you know, because yeah, it shows there's an, yeah, shows there's another way to do lighting other than uh, ray tracing. The problem is um if you're a nerd, if you're not a nerd, don 't worry about this shit. I want to make sure this is clear. let's do mm-hmm. a little preface here Preface. However, the first thing I noticed is when she moved, she had a huge corona around her head because the lighting was taking multiple samples to start displaying, so when she right. moves her head, there's a huge delay. Of lighting changing around her head. Digital Foundry found it too. Uh, there's always negatives to this stuff. You don't just magically go, boom, look at this. We fixed everything. Um, right. I have a, I have a feeling some companies will go with Unity for various reasons. I, in fact, the biggest part of this, Maddie, is actually Unreal waived their engine license. So you have to sell a million really? dollars worth of games before they will charge you now for the game, for the engine, which is cool.
0: That is very that, cool. That's, yeah. that's news. Right. Anything to get people games. to use it. Yeah. Yeah. So good good stuff. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Um yeah, I don't know if there's anything more I can add to it. I, I was pleased with what I saw. It got me more excited yeah, for the next generation of consoles. And um shall we move on to the patron questions? I have a
1: question for you. Did Spider Man it. use its own engine? I can't remember.
0: That's by insomniac. I don't I I think I'd imagine that they used a Something like Unreal. Okay. I would double check that, though, if you want to while I pull up the questions. Yeah, go for it. Else. Pull up the questions and I'll look. All right. Let's move on into it, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Patreon Questions, where every week we dive into our Patreon Discord. We Proprietary. What's your questions. Proprietary? Okay.
1: That's what I figured it was proprietary. That's the thing is you get a game that looks like Spider-Man that's proprietary, you're going to have the same thing on PS5. Where, you know, an Xbox, because they can all run the same stuff, so.
0: Okay, got a handful of questions this week. Let us begin with Holzer19. Based on the success and groundwork laid, which potential sequel to a recent smaller slash less funded game excites you the most? Would have to be Kingdom Come Deliverance for me. Deliverance laid out such a solid foundation, and its success could allow for more resources being spent on the next one.
1: Vampire, without a damn I without I any hesitation, a, yeah, Vampire
0: yeah. for sure. I, I would love to see what that series can do with a little more money in it. I think they did a good job with what they had. Arguably, like one of the best jobs I've seen because they had a very small budget. They said that it was a, su- a success at 500k. So right. that means not a lot of money was poured into that game, and um, 500k sales, I should say. That means not a lot was poured into that game, and, um, I mean, jeez, man, like, the the voice acting, the conversation system, it's just so unique. I'd love to see how they can build on that and then make new gameplay elements to to make it a little more inviting. A lot of people didn't like the gameplay, so I'd like Vampyr. Johnny E.C. says, I'm currently playing Manhunt for the first time, and I am already enamored with this game. Sorry if you hear, like, pounding on my window, by the way. It is pouring right now. Uh, pouring everything rain? Ab- it's yeah, rain, pouring home? rain. Oh, yeah, really? Like, like, really coming down. Like, if I'm looking, I can barely see outside my house right now. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Everything about this game is dark and eerie, from gangs being comprised of pedophiles, psychopaths, and mentally ill to locations consisting of abandoned apartments, malls, etc. The story is also really disturbing in that you are forced as a participant of a, you are a forced participant of a snuff film where you are being recorded killing people for sexual pleasure of others, and even the person that guides you throughout the game, the director, has dialogue where he admits to, quote, getting off, end quote, to whatever you do in execution. It's very disturbing. It's a very disturbing game overall. And I wonder, do you think we'll ever see a Manhunt 3 or just another game as dark and twisted as this? Or is this a product of the past that no chance of uh, ever has of coming back in today's time? A Manhunt game nowadays, it's the same thing with Bully. I always said that Bully, I don't know how well it would do nowadays just because of its its name. You know, there's a lot more awareness with that type of stuff. I just I don't know how it would go personally.
1: Yeah, I don't I, I don't even know if people would consider it um, worthwhile revisiting because you already have some pretty dark games, but they're a full game, so they get away with it. Torture scene and GTA, some stuff like that. So I don't know if a game based purely on that would it might just be too, it might just call too much attention to itself and make no sense to even be made. Where they're just like, why are we doing that's, this? Like you yeah, said with Bully, exactly it calls attention for no real reason. Where it's not really crazy. And these days, you do have to go nuts or normal. Going in the middle does cause issues, but I don't know if that game's offering anything people would want to even really,
0: you know. Yeah. Really it's play. Messed up. It's twisted, but not in a way that incites me to want to play. I don't know. Right. Manhunt's probably my like my least favorite Rockstar game. I just I think it's just weird. I don't know. That's just me personally. I get what they were going for, like something dark and disturbing. And so it's interesting that it's a game that exists, but I I feel like it's just one of those, like, let's see what happens here. Um, I wouldn't put it past Rockstar to try something more bold, but um, when it comes to, like, it as a game, it doesn't, to me, scream, like, something that would sell well. Um, They, like, they make open world games for a reason now. (laughs) Look at the sales. Yeah, I think, uh, Epic Game Store crashed because so many people downloaded it GTA did. 5. Yep. So, yeah. uh, they, they know what, what works for them. I wouldn't expect any type of Manhunt game, uh, just because I, I've been, I have not played Manhunt in so long, but that game was just kind of, from the outside looking in, it looks kind of nonsensical darkness, even if it's just designed to be disturbing. Right. Almost for the sake of being disturbing. And I feel like, It would just be it would have that label immediately attached to it because of what it is. Alright. Next entry is from Vault 101 guy. I just wanted to get clarification on a question I asked last week. Why do you think Spider-Man 2 won't be cross-gen between PS4 and PS5? And then he also has a couple other questions. But we'll we'll start off with that. Why don't why do we think that Spider-Man 2 won't be cross-gen between PS4 and PS5? My reasoning is is because we've heard quite a bit that Ratchet & Clank is next from Insomniac. Like, that's in development. And that probably will be a cross-PS4, PS5 game. By the time you do see Spider-Man PS4, or I should say Spider-Man PS5, uh it'll be deep enough into the cycle where they can make it exclusive. That's just my two cents. I? Yeah, I would
1: say that that's also... But I, I think there's also the... Okay, so you can't sell something special and then say, but by the way, you don't need to buy that something special. You can buy something else, and it'll be just as special. So they're trying to sell the PS5 as something special. If it is cross-gen, which Sony's already said they don't want to do, even though they have pulled back on that lately, um, then I don't know what we'll get out of it. Like And like you said, time frame-wise, just looking at their time frame... That's like what, 2004, 2024? Right? 2023? 2023. Yeah. 2023? Man, that's a long time. Yeah. And they're definitely not embrace, they're not embracing any kind of like, even though they have pulled back admittedly a little bit more, especially with all the issues, they're not embracing as much of a cross-gen or open family as Xbox. So it just feels to me like if they wanted to do it, they'd say, we want to give you a reason to purchase the PS5. Yeah. That just that that's what I feel.
0: Agreed. Uh his next set of questions are my wife loves watching me play video games right now. I'm unfortunately up uh AC Odyssey, but unfortunately she can't play because she can't understand how to use the thumbsticks. My question is, what would be a good game for her to try so she can get used to thumbsticks? Um I'm going to suggest a twin stick shooter. It is, you don't have to know buttons, triggers, you just use the analog stick. So you learn movement and aiming and looking around. That's all it's about. Maybe like an adventure game, kind of, or uh, like a, a, a Brothers Tale of Two Sons or whatever. Like that style of game where it's just, there's no like you're on the clock, you're just kind of walking sim. You know, maybe What Remains of Edith Finch. Those are ones that come to mind for me.
1: Yeah, same for me, Telltale. If if you can find an IP that the person likes that also is is like in a Telltale style, then if they're if they can't figure it out after that or they're they probably it's just not for them. Like that kind of input's not for them.
0: Yeah, actually Telltale's a great suggestion though cuz when my girlfriend got a Switch um and she had not played in a while, the first game I suggested to her was Batman Telltale because It's just about the buttons. It's about the the analog Mm -hmm. stick input. And so it helped her just learn what the controller was. And um, she immediately kind of became a whiz at it after she went from that to to Breath of the Wild. So um, I think that does play a pretty good factor. I would suggest a Telltale game. That would probably be best, better than my twin stick shooter.
1: I always tell people, too, if there's a game where you don't have to use the left thumbstick, most people can learn it pretty quick by just understanding how to use the right thumbstick at first. So they're using the right thumb. Don't adjust the camera for a while. Just play around with that right joystick and go, okay, I get that. And then over time, slightly touch the left one. I mean, you can do that Mm -hmm. with so many games. There's a lot of games where you don't need to just go nuts, you know, and start flinging around the controller.
0: Last question. When it comes to the next installment of God of War, what would you like to see? Me personally, I would like to see bigger boss fights. Um I would like to see a more interconnected, semi-open world. Uh, it felt a lot like Vampyr, where you're like, certain areas you can sprint through, but certain areas you have to get on your boat and then wrap around the island to, to land here, and then you can access this part of the, the world. And it's like, just connect it all somehow, find a way, because I hate disjointed open worlds more than anything in my life. So that would be my suggestion.
1: Yeah, I would say the, the semi-open the kills me. Start and stop. See, I'm okay with a semi-open, but I don't like that they did a lot of start and stop with like stop puzzle, stop winch, stop pulley, stop fix rocks, stop. Um, because you can feel it; it's just it's always there. So mm-hmm. I, it, it, you know, whether it's open world or they just explore, remove some of that, you don't have the right things to. Yeah, or you or do you it. do, but you just are slowed down until you like do something very trite and very mm-hmm. basic to move forward. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. Not not too much to ask for from God of War though. I mean, the the, the entry that they started with was pretty good. So, uh, yeah. that's the if they're going to fix one thing, it'd probably be that. Lee Martin writes in says question, what do open-world games need to start doing differently to continue to succeed? As I think we're starting to see a lot of repetition and just heavy influences from other open-world games. I remember Lee being in the chat and so I think this was inspired by Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, so what do you think open Roles need to start doing to to really diversify themselves? Um, definitely the I, – I would like to see
1: them adjust the uh, AI and so that the AI is much more cognizant of where a person is and what they're doing and have them move around more. The AI – you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty done with AI that just notices Billy died and then is like, okay, and then goes back and you're all, but dude, he's dead. Like at – even if it just adjusts the, the walking pattern now, you know, um, Metal Gear Solid started a tiny bit of this where they would put on helmets if you headshot them too much. You would see them put helmets on, which I thought was primo. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff, putting on more armor, um, You know, if you light people on fire a bunch of times, like suddenly running into people who were like, you know, making sure, I mean, I don't even know what they could do. Like in Assassin's Creed, grab a bucket of water and throw it on the hay bales. And suddenly you're like, fuck, I can't put that hay bale. I can't light that hay bale on fire right now. Uh, I would love to see just snippets of AI, not overarching huge changes, but snippets that are maybe three steps instead of one. It seems like it's pretty much one. Go find a guy missing, return back to normal. Instead, it should be find a guy missing do a different thing, adjust the game world a little bit. That would be my big one.
0: Yeah, for me, it's probably the whole outpost-itis that we see in a lot of games yeah. where, yeah. you know, it, like this this foreign concept that we've all accepted, that, that we've just all eaten up because it's been in so many games of these people are just standing there practically waiting to be killed. They're yeah. just like you – know, they're on a watchtower just staring out into the distance night and day, night and day, constantly, 24-7, just there and, and, until you go in and kill them. And I would just like to have more organic open worlds, and if they're going to be location to location – I'm not acting like they're perfect, but I like how older Bethesda Game Studios handled it where there were stories in each of these smaller locations, or whether it's environmentally or picking up notes, reading terminals, to help build the world – they have to serve a purpose. If I'm going there and just killing them, then it's like Spider-Man. If I'm going there and just kicking ass in each location, you have to give me a large set of tools, which Spider-Man did. Uh, it kind of leaps back into what we were saying about Ghost of Tsushima. So for me, it depends what your world's trying to doing. If you want to make it a checklist open world, that can be very satisfying, but you have to give me the tools to make it more fun. That's, yeah. that's at least my take. I don't think that there's a single solution to it all. Um, I think things like style like i i think of persona having its very pretty menu same thing with final fantasy things that give it flair personality atmosphere a feel that type of stuff helps really build your game even when you're not actually in the game but just doing things with your, your characters i just that type of stuff is applicable as well so it's not just one thing um it's about embracing what your game becomes and then making unique mechanics building off of that. And that's not to say, like, what's our version of the tall tower you can you can climb in Assassin's Creed? Like, no. Right. Like, like find your own way, whether it's through your, your skill set in-game or or an objective you complete in the world. That type of stuff makes a difference. Like, Horizon Zero Dawn had a really cool twist on the tower thing because you climb these moving, movable. Yeah. gigantic, fucking creatures and you're like what like what is this thing anyway but you're scaling them the whole time and uh because they're moving it, it kind of gives you that like sweaty in your palms feeling uh so yeah i think like that there is a good example of where you can go right with like spinning an idea that already exists yeah harris writes in saying less of a question more of a reminder to stay hydrated talking so much dries the mouth thank you harris <laughs> we will we will definitely keep that in mind sadly i am out of water I had a little drop there. Oh, I felt good. All right. Oh, my voice cracked. All right. There we go. Ross, what do you guys hope is added to the Mafia 2 remaster to make it more modern or just fun? Well, we did cover that. Let's talk about this, though. Do the rumors of Mafia 4 being set in Vegas excite you too? Personally, I love games set in deserts, and I hope they add customizable buildings and stuff. Thanks. He said he likes games set in a desert. That is so rare. That is I know. so I was rare. I was thinking that. I was thinking that.
1: Crazy, crazy. Yeah. That's you awesome. Must
0: love New Vegas and and Red Dead. And I I hate deserts. I really do. New New Vegas. My enjoyment for New Vegas when I first played it was chewed up and spit out on the floor because of desert. fucking deserts. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing with Red Dead. I've come around and I'm over it. But man, when I first started playing both those games, I couldn't get a fucking ounce of enjoyment out of a, just a desert. Um. I'm excited to see it. Um,
1: Yeah, I would be excited to see the Mafia game in Vegas. I think it only makes sense because we got, let's see, you have Scarface 1 and 2. Shut up, dog. Scarface 1 and 2, 2 being very good for the 360, and 2 was, I believe, New York and Vegas. Can't remember if you could go to, you, you could make your own casino, like you could, you could, take them over, but I don't think they were major casinos like, um, they, they weren't major casinos like Vegas. Right. So I think Vegas, Reno, those make sense. I also do believe you could do a foreign one. Um, Monte Carlo would be amazing because Monte Carlo has like not only, you know, huge amounts of money involved, but um, race cars, they have like Monte Carlo circuits and stuff. So, you hmm. could, you know, you could have some crazy shit with Mafia there. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think a I think Vegas Mafia is awesome. I like the idea.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it would be really cool to see. Um, I just, I think the feel of a Mafia game is similar to that of Fallout. Like, it's very, very heavily driven by its atmosphere. And I think the reason you can tie it to Fallout is just because, like, Fallout has that 50s feeling. Obviously, you mentioned the 70s, but we saw how later Mafia games can work in the way of Mafia Mm -hmm. 3. Like, New Bordeaux was awesome. Um, it was, it was a very diverse open world. It's just, the gameplay in there wasn't that fun. It was very repetitive. Uh, so for me, I'm excited to see what Hangar 13 can do if they're working on a Mafia 4 because they clearly can get a Mafia story right and they can make a world interesting and atmospheric and also tackle some very tough subjects. Like, I have no doubt in their co- in their abilities. And from what I read, they were very well aware when they shipped the game that the gameplay wasn't that stellar, like they, they just didn't have time to iron it out because they had taken so long in the first place to direct the game in the way they wanted it to go, uh, right. so this was the system they settled on, so I have a feeling that with maybe Definitive Edition, perhaps they're feeling some things out, seeing what works, what doesn't, uh, getting comfortable again working on Mafia when the story's already made, how do we make just good gameplay around this uh, that works in this set of missions, and then from there you can go into Mafia 4 with this confidence. Um, just because, like I said you know a lot of the story's already there and and done with. I
1: don't uh do a walk in the walk unless I like a game world, and I did one for mafia three like and mafia i it's
0: awesome,
1: I, yeah, mafia three's world was good and and like I ended up talking to the devs afterwards and and discussing like what I thought was wrong with the game, and I certainly don't remember i mean I don't remember having any issues really with him, I mean, he wasn't perfect, but he wasn't a terrible character. Um, and the story wasn't terrible. It was really that gameplay. And so mm-hmm. to me, that gameplay, like they could, and they did multiple DLCs. So the best person, I don't talk to him as much. I should, I should reach out to him as GV, one of the guys who used to be on my podcast, cause he's a huge, um, rock star slash like those kind of game fans. And he played the shit out of Mafia 3. Um, I should see how the DLC turned out because I believe one of those DLCs was actually not bad. Like was actually very good. Yeah,
0: Mm -hmm. there there was one that was good.
1: There's one that shows like a car going over a bridge or something, and uh, maybe driving across a bridge or jumping. And I I remember talking to him, and he was like, "Dude, it's actually made huge huge leaps in its gameplay." So yeah,
0: and maybe with the definitive edition, that'll get more attention on it because it'll be packaged in instead of like off the side where most people have already moved on. True. Next set of questions comes in from Great Ape. Do you think modern video streaming platforms are capable of showing off next-gen games in a fairly representative manner? 4K, HDR, 3D audio, 120 FPS gameplay, free sync support, etc. Paragraph break. Will these features be added over time or are the new systems a problem like VR? Is it hard to show off to people? Uh, I'm sorry. I misread that. Will these features be added over time, or are the new systems in a problem like VR is hard to show off to people who never played it?
1: Yeah, some. some it's a good question. Some you can patch in, some you'll never be able to. But I talked about this today where if somebody's showing you a, the difference between a 30 and 60 FPS game and they recorded the footage at 30, guess what? You're not going to see it. That's one of the biggest problems. If somebody records a 30 FPS game and displays it at 60, they're actually just displaying two frames for every one of the same nothing. So you're not seeing that. HDR, you don't see unless you upload to YouTube. Streaming bitrate is fucking horrendous. And dude, this is some of the worst companies in the world who are involved in this. IGN, their bitrate... I, I think it's great because their bitrate's terrible and it helps me, but their bitrate is like fucking one megabyte a second. Like it is horrendous where it should be upwards of 70 or 80. So mm-hmm. yeah, streaming I think is difficult, but, um, no, they're not, you know, you can show everything other than variable sync. You can show with examples. Um, you can show almost everything, almost not everything, but you can show almost everything with some patches to YouTube.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think live reveals are probably not going to be a common thing anymore, right. unless it's a trailer. Because at least in a trailer, it's going so fast, like you, I guess you don't get caught up in how it looks. Because mm-hmm. you, you'll probably watch it again or see it again at some point, whether it's promotional on TV or on YouTube, on your on your subscription page or something. I feel like you can get away with that because it moves so fast. Like you, you won't. It won't be like Ghost of Tsushima where you can stop. Take it in a little bit and be like, okay, like I could see this is clearly a good looking game. Question two from Great Ape is What type of pizza do you guys like? Crust, toppings, etc.? Fuck.
1: Holy shit, that sounds good. I am right. ordering. What is a Grubhub? I'm ordering food as we speak. Thank you. Who's that? Great Ape 51. You rock, man. You, <laughs> I went from being completely sated to I'm ordering pizza just for you. I heard
0: you typing it. as you said that too.
1: I'm no, I do. I literally am ordering pizza right now. Like, and oh, by the way, so best, dude. I don't know about you. I normally don't go crazy with pizza. Let's hear it. So it's normally like pepperoni. However, a place nearby, and you might not think this is crazy because you're from the east coast. West coast, we're not so into this. But um, I, there's a Philly cheesesteak pizza. That a place makes here. That That's is unique. Fucking incredible. So, Ooh,
0: I would say pepperoni great.
1: or maybe that. As long as there's cheese in the title.
0: <laughs> All right. So, nothing beats a nice plain slice of New York pizza. But if I had to pick a topping, I used to be big on mushrooms. I still am big on mushrooms. But there is a, a one that I really like, and it's when people put like penne. On their pizza, like actual pasta. <laughs> it's incredibly good, in my opinion. Like, they'll put penny olive vodka, except. The cheese is in between that vodka sauce and the penne. You don't like that at all. Holy crap. This sounds fucking disgusting, man.
1: (laughs) It's making me now not want to order food. It's like I just get an idea of somebody out with a pepperoni pizza throwing, like, a fucking spaghetti, like, a handful of spaghetti noodles on it, man. Mm -hmm. Is that really? It's just noodles, like? Not noodles, like,
0: like, like like a a penne, like a, like a, a tube almost, you know, uh. A, a macaroni. No, that's not No, for that word, dude, not.
1: no, that's I know what you mean now. I know yeah, that's not for me. That's not. Wow, really. So did this is this new where you just heard about this I recently had it and tried it?
0: Like 6 years ago That was the first time no I tried it. No shit. Not, it's not my go-to, but it's pretty damn good. And like you can get like chicken bacon ranch pizza or uh yeah, yes, yes, that's what it is. And oh my god, that's really good. Um yeah just like you could throw anything on pizza and i'll I'll eat that shit up yeah, me too I'm a big pineapples pizza sorry
1: so you don't like pepperoni and or can Canadian bacon and, pi- and pineapple'm
0: No, no I'm, I'm all right. Are you a crust guy do you eat your crust or you just leave the the shreds oh, on? no the I do part?
1: I'm not a fucking animal dude I I, I I like i I'm not a wasteful I'll eat it all but I definitely like uh thick I like Pizza Hut style deep mm-hmm. dish. I like it when it's golden and when your stomach can't get enough water to eject the oil. Like when you eat it, it's <laughs> grease. I don't want to grease on the top. I dab my pizza if there's too. Like Pizza Hut sometimes yeah. will have so, oh, so much grease. Okay,
0: I get judged for doing that. I take a napkin to my pizza and I'm like, all right, we're going to pack this that, up. Fuck that, man. Yeah, I'm not yeah, a heathen. I feel all sick that. sometimes when I have too Dude, much oil. and I'm a grease freak. Like I have no issues. but If it's liquid,
1: that shit's like your your body's water, man like when that hits your bowels your bowels are going to be like dude i digest water not full fucking oil like it, it, something's going out of your butt now man i i dab it and uh even pizza hut which i adore even though it's a, sh- a crap pizza i will dab it um to make sure like the pizza if, if if you get pepperoni that's like a cup i don't want that cup having anything like liquid in it like i need to i i need that to be somewhat not dry but but not wet yeah Pizza Hut yeah, or uh, pepperoni so good, dude. It's so cool because pepperoni is fe- is generic, but it ta-
0: when it when it's done right on a pizza, it's it's just a perfect thing. It can rob the, the joy of a pizza, in my opinion, though, because you can easily mm. get something that's way too hot. And I'm not a big spicy guy, but like for me, oh, gotcha. I, I like it, it it a slight tinge for my pepperoni, like because they can be flavorful and like ooh ooh a little fire here, but like this sometimes can be the one that just. <gasps> Takes your breath away. You're like, Jesus Christ, would they do to this thing, Um, which I've definitely had before, and it's not enjoyable. So that must but be I, an
1: East Coast thing, because we don't put – our pepperoni um, is spiced meat, but it's not spicy meat, if that makes sense. sense. Yeah, see, so I like a spiced very, meat. Yeah, I'm with
0: you. you. like a spiced meat, but I've had pepperoni pizza where it's like, what the fuck is this? Like, Like, just – you like toast pepper or something. Yeah, like. yeah. Maybe a little less than that. But yeah, it it <laughs> like really just takes your breath away and you're like, God almighty. Um I do also eat my crust. Yeah, I just I I like for me I used to not have my crust and then I would realize I'm eating all the cheese off this and I'm just like throwing my oop, I hit the mic, sorry. But I'm like just throwing my crust off onto my plate and I'm like, that's like the the bread. Yeah, I just Right. Yeah. How do you eat your pizza? Do you, do you feed it in flat? Do you fold it? Are you a fold? No, I don't fold it. I just eat it tip, tip first. Yeah. I'm not,
1: yeah. I'm, I've seen people do some crazy fancy shit and one of my friends, you know, if I'm in a rush to like go box or whatever and I need two pieces of pizza, I, I've occasionally put them like a sandwich, but I don't like it. I like to eat it and I know how it's going to like, be eaten because another yeah. thing that we get is somebody will be like, "Dude, I want 25 uh, toppings on my pizza." Fucking ridiculous! Because the pizza is <laughs> unedible at that point. You have shit, you know, flying off your face. I'm, yeah. i I like it to be fairly easy be easy easy bite, so it's easy to eat without looking like an idiot. Yeah,
0: I always get roasted for eating it flat. Like I'm not a folder. Like I don't grab both ends and close it together and take a bite because then you start to pull from both sides on the edge of the pizza, and then your cheese comes off. It's like I just think it's the biggest fucking waste. That's so weird. I mean, <clears throat>
1: what's weird is this must be an East Coast thing, highfalutin, cuz over here I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen anybody eat pizza other than oh, yeah, the New York
0: thing. <laughs>
1: they might do a thing, I don't know how to describe this, but they grab a single piece and they might crook it slightly in their hand so it's a little bit curved. Yeah, like a little but bit. But they still they still yeah, but they still eat the triangle first, like they start with the point. They don't they don't fold anything. Ever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know yeah. anybody who folds. We do dip it though. I mean, it, like, if there's, like, I like blue cheese. I'm weird like that. I know some people hate blue cheese. No. F- no. For That's some good. pizzas, I'll dip a tiny bit of blue cheese, or dip it a tiny bit of, in blue cheese depending on the pizza. Ranch can um, be good. Ranch can be good. I will admit, you were talking about spice. I don't ever want spices that I can't control. So if I order food, I want it unhot, but then I will add Tapatio if I want. Or I have chili, you know, salt or whatever, you know, that I can sprinkle on. I don't want to add it because I think a lot of times you can't control it. So you could have an entire pizza ruined if it's way too hot because you're just like, well, I can't eat. You know, it's ghost pepper. I can't eat this shit. Yeah. Interesting. Right.
0: Great question. (laughs) Yeah, good question. We broke out and that was a full-on pizza discussion. I know, right? (laughs) Last set of questions come from Droop Snoot. Let's fire through them. Uh, number one, it sounds like Obsidian is working on a big AAA title. Xbox even mentioned that they will be showing off something during the July event. What do you think it is? A new IP. Uh If they do show it off, it will either be the Outer Worlds DLC, but if they show off their next game, yes, it's a new IP. That's what I've heard. Um, I will not say more than that because, you know, it's it's not really confirmed what it is, but I have an idea of what it is, but it should be a new IP. I would have your expectations yeah. there. Yeah, I don't know
1: anything about what they're showing or what they would possibly show. I, I'm really, I it'll I be way too early you know, to
0: show, in my opinion, based on what mean, I heard. If it's a new one, if it's the new if it's one, their it's their new way IP. Too, yeah, yeah, I think it's way too early because they just released the, the Outer Worlds, but, and they're not like a big studio with and a. And the DLC
1: is just out, right, or coming out, right? They the haven't DLC. even announced
0: when it's coming. They haven't shown anything off.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it, yeah, I ridiculous. have a feeling
0: it's it's in the develop, you know, that first phase. Mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, it's it's definitely in like a pre-production phase but I think it's because Microsoft when they had that inside Xbox last year and uh, the first thing they showed off from Obsidian after acquiring them was, yeah, they're making Grounded uh, so I think Xbox is trying to clean up a bit of a slight confusion there and have people oh. willing to buy into their future being like, look Obsidian's making this and um, In Exile's making this and so on and so forth. I think Everyone's gonna be participating just so that there's a roadmap, a set of expectations, and also like consumers yeah. can buy into the future a little more comfortably. I think if City and had the, the call at all, they probably aren't showing this game off. Number two, who, in your opinion, is the most accomplished developer of this past generation? <laughs>
1: I absolutely have an answer. I don't even, you'll know the games, but you may not know who I'm talking about, but without a shadow of a fucking doubt, Playway. So Playway does the simulator games. Mechanic, uh, uh, like Mechanic Simulator, Farming an Simulator, That's a really good yeah. Drug Dealer Simulator recently. Uh, they do, it's, every time I go to Steam and I look at Playway, I am stunned. And in fact, we're probably going to find out it's some kind of like, gam or chinese uh you know sweatshop but the number of titles they have house flipper is so fun maddie it's the dumbest game in the world it's literally what they do on tv shows you buy a shitty house you barely repair it and you try to sell it for as much as you can <laughs> and they have made that game so fun that i've spent 25 or 30 hours in a 14 game just buying nice. crappy houses yep thief simulator is amazing by the way where you're a uh, a thief sneaking into people's houses using the dark web, talking to other people about how to use, crack people's security. so playway without without any doubt. it's really insane interesting He didn't like. say good though, right? he said
0: he said most accomplished developer of this past gen. so I don't think that means like sales or even mm. reviews. It's just kind of like what have they accomplished? what have they done? <laughs> yeah, then
1: mean? then it's them for me, yeah if that if that's <laughs> what he means.
0: Yeah, cause if I were to pick like based off like recognition and reputation, right. I'd probably go with like Rockstar, CD Projekt Red, you know, the yeah. obvious ones. I think if I were to make a selection personally on someone who I think has been very accomplished in this last generation, I would like to say Platinum Games, I feel they've shown their flexibility and their more importantly ability to learn. I think they weren't at the top of their game at the beginning of this generation, and I think now they currently are at the top of their game, and mm-hmm. they deserve it because they've listened closely to feedback between Astro Chain and Nier Automata. They've shown that they can help tell a really good story. I know Yoko Taro was kind of at the head of Nier, but Astro Chain shows that they can make their own story, and it can make sense, and it can be good. Uh, so I would probably go with them because they've always maintained their identity of interesting, fun, flashy combat. I just think I, I really just think Astro Chain was sort of the icing on the cake, because it, it really is, I think, Platinum Games' best combat, for sure, hands down. It has a lot of depth. It's not just a, a button masher. It's not just all show, but it does still have that flair, and uh, it shows that they've learned a lot from working with Yoko Taro and his team, because their storytelling ability became immediately better when they finished Nier and moved to that project. Right. Number three and our last question of the day: If you had to choose one genre to be the next fad, like battle royales, what would it be? Well, isn't a new a new fad something that's kind of like it, it pops up? It's new, it's not heard of yet. Like battle royale wasn't a thing. Well, it technically was a thing for a while, but hmm, everything is a thing, isn't it? <laughs> like, yeah, World's but I gotta tell you though, if thing. you had
1: asked me about battle royale, I mean, I, I because it was such a steam. Um, rip-off kind of game. Like, it felt not a lot of work was being done. Because Battle Royale, there's not a lot of work. It's like, here's a map, then you do everything. Like, we're just going to throw some weapons down. Um, I'm trying to think of another fad. What would be, like... You're right, though. Everything's a thing now. Like, I... Simulator awesome. games are a thing, which is weird. Just, like, you can simulate being a farmer, which is mind-blowing when you think... Like, talk about a boring game, right? But people love them. And it is tough, because there's not really... open. There's open racing games like Forza Horizon, which I would not have thought would have been... Like, the idea of challenging online other people where you're just driving on a car in an open world... Um, Dude, I don't know. Is there? Hmm. Like, is there anything? By the way, I forgot to say, amazing bandana. I love the fucking. Oh. I I love the, like, peace, love, like, cosmos look of that <laughs> bandana. Because it's match
0: a moon. It's,
1: it's a moon, right? Oh, gotcha. It's Star, well, Star yeah, Wars. Well, yeah, it's gotcha. all
0: space themed, but. Yeah. Yeah, I've just been wearing it to keep my hair out of my eyes. Like, I have three others that I've just been. I've just been wearing. I'm trying to think, though. Uh. You know, I I don't think I have an answer for this question just because of the fact that I feel a fad kind of rises out of nowhere as something that wasn't previously popular. And I feel like, you know, fighting games are popular. Action adventure games are popular. Open world games are popular, like Okay. Horde mode maybe. I feel like that was a thing that was very popular.
1: I think you sort of. I think you hit the mark. I would go with, which is, I do believe somebody's going to figure out a way to sort of go. What's the What's the rain, What's the Ubisoft game where you can be a warrior or a samurai or a For Honor? Um, for Honor, but with a shit ton of people, like a battle royale. Um, but see, even though this has already been done, but I was going to say, I honestly could see a martial arts like battle royale where every like you have
0: like has 50 that really already been done. Yeah, but it's already been done. Damn. Man, I don't know. Yeah, it, it could be anything. I mean, my golden idea for a game was always, you know, with this Battle Royale craze when it was at its peak, I was like, imagine if they were, they did it like a MOBA. You start off at level one as you loot, you destroy resources, you you collect things, you kill enemies. Oh, right. You get levels, and based off the class you picked, you know, you unlock, per- like, just like a MOBA. You get your abilities, mm-hmm. you rank up those abilities. So the longer you survive... Uh, the, the better chance you have of getting to the end, but you're also going to meet other players who have that XP up and those abilities up. But uh, the difference is, is I, I think it would have a little more balance because you can't just camp all the way because if you're camping and you're not collecting things and you're not doing things and engaging, you're not going to be leveling up. So it kind of pushes people towards each other to play and to be out in the open while also having a progression system tied to it. That, I feel like that could be a fad. That would be my prediction. Yeah. That could be. Anyway, that's our final question of the episode, Carrick. Well done, my friend. The weekend Thank is you. here, and uh, we yeah, hope you like all enjoyed. Yeah, really. I feel like I say, it, like it's weird when I wake up on a Friday because I'm like, man, you know, it's already been a week. <laughs> yeah, it's last crazy the show. <laughs> It's crazy. This week particular, in particular, flew by. Um, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you all enjoyed uh, another episode of the Ham Radio Podcast. We will be back again next week. Uh, if you want to once again sign up for early access, we're available on Patreon for just a buck. That will be linked in the description down below. Carrick has one as well. Please do check that out. But, Carrick, um, we're going to pick out our hashtag, but any any closing thoughts? Well, you said fad a, a ton of times. I was like, do we just call it, you know, like,
1: fad? That doesn't really hit it. It doesn't a hit the mark. Pizza fad? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, you know what? Oh, we could call it, uh, like, um I said, I'm not a fucking heathen. I said, I'm not an animal. We said, fold. (laughs) We said, uh, what were some of the crazy shit people do? Fold, put it in a sandwich. Like, the you know, pineapple. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You could say, like, you could say hashtag no pineapple. You can do that. Let's do that. Yeah, that works. That works for for me. You got Hashtag this far, even,
0: even if you believe in pineapple pizza, you got to let us know. So <laughs> yeah. Tag us with that. Uh, we've had a lot of people tag us last week, so we appreciate you guys who listen yeah. this far into the show. And, and I know, like, for me, when I start to get to this, like, ass end of the podcast, I do tab off. So we do appreciate those of you who literally listen to the last moment when it's all up. Um, because it means a lot and hopefully the hashtags are rewarding and, and we take great joy in seeing you guys, uh, going the whole distance there. Yeah, for sure. But with that, it's time for us to wrap it up. We hope you enjoyed once more, and we will see you guys next week. Peace, Peace out. out.